0: What up, Salt Company? My name is Daniel Nemers. I am the salt director of the greatest salt company at the greatest college that has ever existed in the rough, rugged streets of Ankeny, Iowa at Des Moines Area Community College. Go Bears! Welcome, Bear Nation. Okay, so I also wanna welcome all the salt students across the nation, across the country, especially if this is your first time ever watching a salt company service. If you're a first-timer, you're probably kind of wondering, okay, I don't really feel comfortable here. What is this place? What am I signing up for? I want to tell you a little bit, a little story of my first time ever going to Salt Company that might make you feel a little bit better about yourself. So, a little caveat, I, a little disclaimer, I was not following Jesus, okay? My first Salt Company I ever went to, I was running away from God, and my buddy and I thought it would be hilarious to show up to Salt Company in not the right state of mind if you catch my drift. Um, so I, we decided to show up in not the right state of mind and we show up and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be so funny. They don't, they don't even know what hit them. We sit in the back row and after one song, I felt so convicted that I was like, bro, we gotta get the heck out of here. So I was a total dirtbag the first time I showed up to Salt Company. My point is this, my word for you first timers or newbies, or many more of you out there, no matter how far away you are from Jesus, no matter how close you are to Jesus, no matter where you're at in your thoughts or your, your love for Christ, no matter where you're at in the spectrum, Salt Company is a place for you to be loved and cared for. I mean, people, even though they saw me acting like an absolute moron, at Salt Company, they loved me, they cared for me. So I just continued to show up and show up and show up and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what ended up happening was God worked a miracle in my life that I didn't even see coming and I ended up loving Jesus with all of my heart. My point is, we are so, so, so glad you're here. So, On to my sermon. I am a little bit weird, if you couldn't already tell already. And I love, one of my favorite habits that I I just started doing like a month ago is I love to respond to scammers trying to scam me over my email. It's the greatest thing ever. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten one of these scam emails. They're great. They always misspell everything. They try to like swindle you for money. They like want you to buy credit cards or, or like gift cards and like scratch off the back of the gift card and send them a picture. It's hilarious. So. The other day, I ran into the best scammer I'd ever seen. He put on his email, like his name was the name of my boss. So I was like, oh, this guy's trying really hard now. So he has the name of my boss. It's the wrong email though, so it's still super obvious. And he's like, hello, Daniel Nemers. I am in a prayer meeting right now. Uh, Please do not call me. I would like to bless our staffs with $700 $700 worth of eBay gift cards to be a great blessing to them. Would you please buy these gift cards, $700 worth, scratch off all the things and then send pictures to me. And I was like, yeah, sure, pal. That's hilarious. He kept saying like, hey, I wanna bless our staffs. I wanna bless them. And he kept saying like money, money, money. That's what he meant, just give me money. So as that keeps happening, I was about 27 emails deep with him and then he finally ghosted me. Um, I kept thinking, Okay, is that what people think of when they think of the word blessed? Money, give me money. I want to bless people. I want to give them money, right? Have you guys ever thought about what does it mean to be blessed? I went on Instagram last night and searched hashtag blessed. It's always a little bit sketchy when you go to the search bar on Instagram, but whatever. I clicked on hashtag blessed. I want to see what our culture and what our world thought it meant to be blessed. And pretty much what I saw was cars, money, Exercise, model posing, and extravagant traveling—that was that's basically Instagram summed up in one sentence. But that's what people thought. That's what people think it means to be blessed. Is that what it means to be blessed? I'll take it. A, I'll take it a step further. What does it mean to be blessed by God? What does it mean to be blessed by God? If somebody were to ask you that question, you're like, "Hey, hey, do you, do you want to be blessed by God?" You'd be like, "Heck yeah, sign me up. That's exactly what I want. Of course." Um. I immediately, when I think of like, do you want to be blessed by God? I think of the great theologian from OVO Church, Drizzy Drake, and the song that he sings that sinks so deeply into my soul. He says, I'm way AA up, I feel blessed. Am I right? Is that what it means? Cash and money, right? Right? Making money. That's what it means, right? That's immediately what we think of. We think of material goods, but that can't be what it means because another great pastor, Notorious B.I.G., says, mo' money, more problems." So there's no way that that's actually what it means. What does it mean to be blessed by God? What does it mean to be blessed by God? How can we be blessed by God? If you guys got your Bibles with you, Psalm 67 is where I'm gonna be at. Psalm 67, what does it mean to be blessed by God? So as I'm reading these verses, it's a very short psalm. Be looking for the word bless or blessed or blesses. Okay, it's in here. Look for it. Verse 1, Psalm 67 says, May God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine upon us so that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy for you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. Let all the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. And here's the end. The earth has produced its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth will fear him. What does it mean to be blessed by God? We see this word "bless." Three times in seven verses. That means God is trying to draw our attention to this one word. Um, being blessed has to mean, right? Our first thoughts. It has to mean getting what we want. It has to mean getting money. It has to get, mean people liking us. It has to mean fame of some sort, like notoriety of some sort. What, what, it's a little bit confusing. We're gonna figure it out today. How do we get blessed by God? And if you're taking notes, the definition of getting blessed Okay, the definition of getting blessed is to be gifted with health or power. To be gifted with health or power. And here's the thing, to know how a 2020 college student can be blessed by God, this passage actually calls us back to a promise of incredible blessing before Psalms was written, actually in Genesis chapter 12. You don't have to turn there. You can if you want. I'm gonna read it. But to know how God will bless us now, we need to see how he has blessed his people in the past. In Genesis 1 through three, it is one of the greatest passages of blessing. It actually talks about the greatest blessing that humanity will ever get, but it's a little bit hidden in the passage. It's a little bit hidden. I wanna see if you guys find it. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse one, God is talking to Abraham. He is one of the forefathers of Israel. God's talking to Abraham. He says, go from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Sounds pretty good. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Verse three, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Okay, so God is saying, hey, Abraham, I'm going to bless you, right, with health and power. So in speaking about blessing, it seems like God is talking about how Abraham is gonna have a dope life, right? God's gonna make Abraham into a great nation. His name is gonna be great. He's going to actually be a blessing. People that curse him are gonna get cursed. I'd, I'd sign up for that. Um, and basically, it seems like God's blessing of Abraham It means that he's going to give him a great name. He's going to give him a great life and all the attention is going to be on Abraham. Perfect. If that's what it means for me, sign me up. The selfishness in sign me really, really wants that, right? But there's this little phrase at the end of verse three that seems a little bit off, right? With that type of thinking. At the end of verse three, it says, and Abraham, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So, what is that? It feels like, it seems like the question is, is: is Abraham gonna do something miraculous that is somehow going to bless every single person that's ever existed? That that's what it feels like when we first read that, doesn't it? This verse isn't super clear. What does it mean to be blessed by God? We still have that answer or that question unanswered. So let's actually hop back to Psalm 67. Let's see if we can find it. Psalm 67, see if we can find more clarity. Verse one, may God be gracious to us and bless us. May he, look at this phrase, make his face shine upon us. What in the world does that mean? Make his face shine upon us. Way back in the day, when somebody would come to a king with a request for something, the king, if he looked at that person and smiled at them, that normally meant that that person was going to get what they wanted. That's what that means, your face shining. It's almost like the king smiling upon his person, asking for a request. So boom, essentially the verse is God bless us, make your face shine upon us, smile at us so that we can get what we want. We want your favor. We want God to give us our heart's desire. Is that not what this person is talking about? So how do we get that? How do we get the blessing of God? How do we get God's face to shine upon us? How do we get God's favor? Let's look at verse two in Psalm 67. It says, so that, God blesses us so that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Guys, the emphasis of the blessing is on God's way, God's salvation. The blessing is tied to the work of God in salvation. You see, when God blessed Abraham, he said, all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. He wasn't really talking about Abraham at that point. This was actually a prophecy. This was a prophecy about someone who would come through the bloodline of Abraham, someone who would be perfect in all of his ways. Someone who would save the nations from their sin and in turn, bless the entire human race with the opportunity to free from the slavery of their sin and into the loving arms of God Almighty. And this man, this God-man, his name would be Jesus. You see, Genesis and Psalms were written before Jesus showed up. So when they're talking about being blessed, They're not talking about this great blessing that's like right beside them. They're actually pointing to a future blessing in Jesus Christ. They were seeing what God showed them. Someone greater is coming. Someone who can give me more than material things. Someone who can give me an absolute change of heart. So if the question is, how can I be blessed? For many of you watching tonight, in order to be blessed, you actually have to know the greatest blessing that this world has ever seen, and that's Jesus Christ. If the question is how can I be blessed, you need to know the greatest blessing, that's Jesus Christ. You also kind of need to know the opposite of being blessed is getting cursed, okay? You got blessing over here, that's good. Cursed over here, that's really bad. Blessing, I wanna give you power and health, right? Cursing, somebody wants absolute horrible things to happen to you. It's the opposite of getting blessed. And the odd part is that you've actually been the one who cursed yourself from God because of your own sin. Since Adam, all of humanity has been cursed through the bloodline with the curse of sin. We're born as enemies of God, not getting any blessing from him, not really even searching for him. Actually, I I think our twisted minds think that we can earn our way to get a blessing from God by the things that we do. Our mind is so distorted with sin, we're actually horribly cursed because of sin. But the gospel shows us something different. The gospel shows us that Jesus actually became a curse for us so that he could bless us with covering our sin with his perfection and love. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14 explain this perfectly. Listen to this. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us because it is written, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. The purpose was that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles by Christ Jesus so that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. So if the definition of being blessed is to gift someone with health or power, I immediately think of the greatest show that has ever come into existence, The Office. Can I get an amen? The Office. I remember this one episode where Michael Scott, he's the boss, He blesses, aka he gives the power of regional manager to the biggest moron in the office, and his name is Dwight Schrute. Uh, Essentially, Michael's like, hey, 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 Dwight, this is all you've ever hoped and dreamed for. Here is the title of regional manager, here is the power of regional manager, he blesses him, right? And then Dwight is like ecstatic, he's over the moon, essentially his life is made, he gets so excited, he thinks that everything in his life, nothing could ever go bad and then in about a day he kind of ruins it and he gets a title taken away from him, right? Essentially, his power, his health, right? This blessing that was given to him is taken away from him. His blessing is gone. And here's the thing, that's like a silly example. Jesus' promise to bless you, if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, Jesus' promise to bless you is completely different. It's not temporary, it's not flaky, it's not subjective, right? Through Jesus, your health is actually health of your eternal soul. Through Jesus, your power is newfound power in the Holy Spirit, power to use for God's glory and not your own. So if the question is, how can I be blessed? For many of you watching tonight, in order to be blessed, you need to know the greatest blessing this earth has ever seen, and that's Jesus Christ. So what about you who know Jesus, right? You know, in the depths of your soul, you have been blessed with salvation from God. You have been blessed. So is the question still, how can I be blessed? No. I think the question actually changes. I think it turns from how can I be blessed to how can I now be a blessing? turns from how can I be blessed to how can I be a blessing? Because here's the thing. um, It now turns from selfishness to selflessness. It turns from what can you give me, God, to actually because you've given me so much, I want to give back. I want to reflect what you've given me. So here's the tagline. For those of you who know Jesus, how do you reflect the blessing that is within you? You show it on your face. How do you reflect the blessing that is in you? You show it on your face. And I'm literally going to be explaining three parts of your face that you need to be reflecting the blessing of God that he's given you, okay? First part of your face, you need to show it on your face, is with your mouth. If you're taking notes, your mouth. What in the world am I talking about? Look at verse one. It says, may God be gracious to us and bless us. May he make his face shine upon us. Here it is. So that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Christians, God has blessed you so that you can be a blessing. And you blessing the earth means that you declare how God has blessed you with salvation with your mouth. How can anybody know Jesus' way? How could anybody know how they can actually be saved without Christians stepping up to the plate and actually speaking with their mouths the greatest message of all, and that's Jesus Christ and what he did for us, right? I think of it in contrast, Christians, from what I've seen, are some of the most fearful people I've ever met. Think of it this way. How many of you know somebody in your life that you deeply care for, that you love earnestly, that is one of your best friends, right? Maybe in your friend group or in your family and you haven't talked to them about Jesus. Have you talked to them in the past week? What about the past month? It's probably awkward silences, right? Why is that? Why do we not step up to the plate and open up our mouths I think that the curse of sin makes Christians have what I like to call the fear muzzle, right? The fear muzzle. Dogs have muzzles, right? Because they just keep barking and they keep annoying people. Christians, I think when they close their mouths and fear man, they have the fear muzzle, okay? We have been blessed by God, but our fear muzzle kicks in when we're around our unsaved friends because we're totally afraid of what they will say or think. When we don't declare Christ's salvation in us, we put the muzzle on ourselves and say nothing. Here's a question. Is your mouth motivated by man's scowl or God's smile? Is your mouth motivated by man's scowl or God's smile? As if to say, if it's motivated by man's scowl, you're looking for their approval in what you say. And immediately your mouth will be muzzled with the fear muzzle. So what just happens to us. But if it's motivated by God's smile, if it's motivated by God's face shining on you, essentially giving his approval to you as his child, right? Your heart will be so deeply moved to speak. you will just throw that fear muzzle away 10 times out of 10. I've watched Salt Ankeny students do this so often, so frequently. I can, even, I can just think of a few. Jake Smithson, he's one of our student leaders. I got on Instagram the other day and on his story, he just posts this video of him saying, hey guys, I know that these times you are probably starting to lose hope. It's scary. Like, what, are you, what are you placing your hope in? I place my hope in Jesus. And he just goes off about how much he loves Jesus, how he's placing his hope in Jesus. And in the end, he's like, hey, hey, if you don't have hope in Jesus, DM me. Like, let's talk. Let's talk about it. I've watched one of our other students. He does the 1002 prayer on Instagram live at least once a week. It just hops on there and starts praying. I even think of one of our students, Sarah Simons. She used to be a little bit timid, a little bit fearful of what her friends or other people would think of her. And all of a sudden, just a couple weeks ago, to her new friend, she decided to take the fear muzzle off, realize the blessing that she has been given from Jesus Christ, and she used her mouth to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ to her friend, and Sarah led her friend to Christ. It was beautiful to hear about, beautiful to see. And here's the thing, guys. If you've been blessed by God, rip that fear muzzle off and let your mouth speak the grace of Jesus Christ into the souls of those around you. Let the spirit speak through you and watch how God can use the mouth of a college student to change the culture of your campus and the souls of your closest friends. He's done it before. He can do it again. And he does it through Christians like you. So how do you reflect the blessing that is within you? You show it on your face. First part of your face is your mouth. Now the second part of your face is your smile. Your smile, people. Where do I see that? It's actually in verses three through five. And I want you guys, as I'm reading this, to be looking, hey, where do I see people smiling in this? Where do I see joy? Starting in verse three. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy, for you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth. Let the peoples praise you, God. Let all the peoples praise you. Come on, you saw it. You totally saw it. Guys, that whole section is Christians' freaking out, praising God, shouting for joy, rejoicing because of the character of God and his justice and fairness to all the nations being shown. Does that not scream smiling? Does it not? If God has blessed you, your face shows it. Your smile shows it. Your joy is tangible. Your smile, your joy in Jesus, your happiness with being redeemed by the Lord, by the blood of the lamb is a beacon of light to those around you. I'm telling you, one of the greatest questions I can get from people is when they go up to me and they say, Daniel, why do you smile so much? Essentially, they're saying, hey, I don't feel this way. Everything around me doesn't feel this way. We live in a dark place. Why are you smiling? You are in stark contrast to everything that's going on right now. And my response every single time is, I got Jesus, baby. That's what I say, every single time. It's a great question to ask because when the psalmist says, God, make your face shine upon us. He's saying, God, let us experience the joy of being known and loved by God Almighty. God Almighty. Let us see your glory. Let us experience your mercy on a daily basis. And the outcome of experiencing God's joy is that God's joy becomes your joy. God's joy becomes our joy. In contrast, our world is in a dark place right now. Is it not? Our world is in a dark place right now. Where do you see people rejoicing? Where do you see people smiling? I went and got my haircut the other day and I was talking to the lady cutting my hair and she was like, people are just angry right now. And obviously all of us kind of know why. I was like, why, why do you say that? And she was like, I was about to give this guy a haircut and we have a regulation that, you know, the state is requiring us to do in our salon. And because I told him about that regulation, he hacked a loogie and spit in my face. A random guy that she didn't even know because of the culture, of how dark our world is, he hears one thing he doesn't like and spits in a stranger's face. Where do you see smiling right now? Where do you see rejoicing right now? I could list off a hundred things that's, that are going on that's wrong with our culture right now. Where do you see people smiling? Where do you see the joy of the Lord right now? It's gone. Guys, the gospel shows us that despite the curse of sin, the blessing of Jesus every time shines through his declaration of peace, his judgment of sin, his strong arm of protecting his children, his desperate love and mercy on broken sinners like us, the miraculous birth, the perfect life, the bloody cross and the empty tomb all put together equal the deepest happiness and joy anybody can have in this life because joy and happiness starts and ends with Jesus Christ. Our world needs redeemed Christians looking like they're redeemed. That's what our world needs right now. Our world needs Christian college students who lack entitlement and see how undeserving they are to have Jesus and are so struck with joy as they face trials, as they navigate adulthood, as they're surrounded with questions from our culture. They face every situation with the joy of Jesus that is as tangible as a smile on your face. How do you reflect the blessing that is within you? You show it on your face with your mouth and your smile. And here's a third one. The next part of your face is with your eyes. How do you reflect the blessing that is within you as a Christian? You show it on your face. You show it on your eyes, right? Look at verse six. It has this future mindset right here. Verse six, the earth has produced its harvest. God, our God blesses us. God will bless us and all the ends of the earth Will fear him. Guys, if God has blessed you, your eyes look into the future of God's eternal kingdom. This writer is saying, hey, God has blessed us, right? Look what he's done right here, it's right in front of us. But then he says, God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. This is future, he's looking into the future. This writer is clearly seeing that not only has God done a great thing in the past and right now, he's got something better in store for his children later. I think in contrast, my brother John, I've got, I've got some, uh, some glasses right here. My brother John, he has horrible eyesight. And he's kind of an idiot. He decided, by the way, I don't, I don't know whose glasses these are. They're like the worst looking glasses ever. It doesn't matter. My brother John has horrible eyesight. And he didn't go get his own glasses. Recently, he's just been like wearing his wife's glasses. What an idiot, right? And so I told him, I was like, John, you realize that that's really not good for you, for you. You're probably going to end up damaging your eyes. Like, can you even see? And he's like, I can kind of see. I was like, that's terrifying because you're driving everywhere. That's wonderful. Um, So he could kind of see, but in the end, it was basically only hurting him. When I think of that, it's the same with Christians who read their Bible, who go about life, but they don't think about Jesus's victory in the future. You can kind of see, but in the end, you don't really see beyond the blessing of here and now. You don't have a clear or long-term vision of the incredible blessing of the future victory of Jesus Christ in this world. I think the question for your eyes, right, is are you looking off in the distance? Can you see God's victory in sight? If you can't see it, I, I want to show you. Because this psalmist wants your eyes to see what you have waiting for you, Christian. Christian. This almost wants you to see that. And in in Revelation chapter 21, verses one through four, we see God, this is the end times, right? We see God painting this picture of what our future is going to be like. He's saying, God will bless you, but Revelation 21 shows us the blessing, right? We see God take the sin cursed world, throw it away and bring something brand new and show us how it should be. It says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Do you see that? Do your eyes see that in your day-to-day? Can you see God's victory in the distance as if it was up close? I genuinely think that Christians would live their life in a more powerful way if their eyes were more focused on God's future victory than on their current struggle. Guys, this psalm, this psalm is rooted in joy. This psalm is scattered with praise. This psalm is showing us how we can be blessed by God and then how we can turn around and be a blessing to the world. Do you wanna be blessed by God? For some of you, in order to be blessed by God, you need to place your faith in the greatest blessing tonight, and that is Jesus Christ. If you've been trying to find Jesus, if you've been trying to find blessing in any other place You won't find it. You need to find it in Jesus Christ. Place your faith in him tonight. And for you believers, for those of you who know Jesus, God is asking you to now be a blessing, to show it on your face, to show it through your mouth by proclaiming his salvation, to show it in your smile by rejoicing in his work, and to show it through your eyes by living a life that is focused on future victory. Pray with me, Salt Company. God, I thank you so much that you have blessed us abundantly. Your blessing started and ended with Jesus. When Jesus came into this world, he had this miraculous birth, he lived a perfect life, but then, even though he was perfect, even though he was the blessing, he took on my curse on the cross as he died for me, as he died for you. God, God, Your gospel doesn't stop there. Three days later, Christ reigned victorious over death. He reigned victorious over sin. And he rose from the grave, offering us an eternal blessing of salvation. God, I pray for those who are watching this. Maybe it's their first time coming to Salt Company. God, I pray that that person would realize it's not how can I be blessed by it? It's really like, hey, how can I search out and place my faith in the greatest blessing of all time? That's Jesus. And God, I pray for believers right now who they've been kind of stuck in this selfish mindset of like, hey, how can I get blessed? How can I get blessed? God, I pray that they would realize that they have been blessed. I pray that they would turn their lives around and think with different vision, thinking how can I be a blessing to the world around me? God, I pray that Salt Company would change the world through your gospel your name I pray. Amen.